Hi guys, my name is Sarah Balding and this is my podcast, Faithfully Following. So today we are going to be talking about faith and works, which is a pretty big conversation across the denominations of Christianity, but I am here to share my two cents but mostly to share the scripture that I have found about this. So yeah, I'm gonna just start off with prayer and then we can get into it. Dear God, I just thank you for this time that we're able to devote to you and spend with you and spend in your word. I pray that you would give us peace from our day, from whatever we're rushing to, and that we would just sit in this time with you and absorb the truths that you have for us. I pray that you would soften both my heart and the heart of whoever is listening to this so that we would be receptive to your word, to your truths, and to what you have to share with us today. And I pray that you would use me to do that in a way that is truthful and in a way that is clear. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we are going to be looking at Matthew 7, 15 through 23 today, which talks about fruits and about works and about being saved, which is all that we need in this little recipe of our conversation. So we're just going to start off first with Matthew seven fifteen through 20. And I just want to say this is kind of the lens through which we have to look at the rest of what we're going to look at in Matthew, which is verses 21 through 23, which can be a little intimidating and can be a little bit um, scary verses, even though they are very, very true. But um, here we're going to get our biblical lenses on and read Matthew 7:15 through 20. It says, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. So these verses are telling us how we can tell if something is good or if something is bad. And it's talking about false prophets, but I think this can be applied to all people. As it is in verse 20, it says, You can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. So you look at people's actions for evidence of what kind of person they are on the inside, just like you look at a tree. If you see bad fruit, you know that that tree was also bad. That tree couldn't possibly be a good tree because there's bad fruit. And if you see good fruit, you know that it can't possibly be a bad tree. It has to be a good tree to produce good fruit, and it has to be a bad tree to produce bad fruit. And using this to look at people is exactly what this passage is doing and exactly what we can do. You look at the works of people's actions as evidence of their hearts. And so this is what we're going to keep in mind as we continue on into Matthew 7 verses 21 through 23. Now this 
passage, these three verses, are talking about true disciples. And it says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who breaks God's law. And so here we see two different types of people. We see the type of person who will call out Lord, Lord, and who will enter the kingdom of heaven, and those that will call out Lord, Lord, and will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And this is kind of scary because it's talking about the idea that some people in this world will go to hell and some of us will go to heaven. And we don't always like to think about that because that can be scary for us because we want to go to heaven and we want to be with the Lord. So here in this passage, we find out how we can get there. And it says in verse 21 that only those who actually do the will of my Father, this is Jesus speaking, so God in heaven will enter. Now this kind of seems like it could be saying that we are saved by works and not by faith, but that is not what this passage is saying. I want to emphasize that. That is one way that it can be wrongly interpreted, but we know as good Bible scholars that we are saved by grace through faith. And I'm referencing Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, which says, I like to read the actual verse for you guys so you know, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And I use this verse a lot when I'm talking about faith and works. And I wanted to talk in it more depth today because I think it's very important to understand before we can get to how we can serve the Lord in this world. I think it's important to emphasize that we're not serving the Lord to get to heaven. We're serving the Lord because we already know we're in heaven and that we will be in heaven because of the grace we have been given, because it is grace that saves us and our faith that saves us, not works. And that's made very clear in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. And something that I like to do in my own Bible reading is if I come across a passage that is hard to understand, that is challenging, that might almost seem, not is, seem contradictory, I think a good rule of thumb is to go back to a verse that is very clear and to go from there as how to interpret that more challenging verse that you might not fully understand. And so here we're using Matthew 15 through 20, which came before what we're talking about um, for who will enter heaven. And we're also using Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 to give us these clear truths that we're not saved by works in that you can identify a tree or a person by their actions, but their actions are not what gets them into heaven. And instead, using these two passages, we create this understanding that the Lord has given us in these clear examples that a person can be identified by the works that they do, but that identification based on their works is of what is inside of them, what's in their hearts. And so when 
we use this idea, we know that the faith that we have inside of us can be outwardly displayed by works. But if you have those outward display of works without faith and saving faith inside of your heart, then you're not going to get into heaven. And that's why it says, now we go back to the challenging verse in Matthew 7, 21, that only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. And this constriction is made to who will enter in heaven because those are only the people who believe in the Lord and who are following the Lord. Because if you love the Lord and you follow the Lord and you are saved, then you're going to start doing the will of the Father in heaven. Now, how do we how do we get to that point, Sarah? I feel like I might have skipped a couple steps for you guys. So we're going to go really slowly and understand how, as saved believers, we go from being saved to doing works for the Lord. Well, we find in 1 John 4.13 that God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. So when you accept the blood of Christ, that he died on the cross as atonement for your sins, so that you don't have to experience the death for your sins because Christ already experienced it for you, when you accept that gift and accept the blood of Christ, you no longer have to go to hell for your sins and you get to go to heaven. But you have to make that choice, like I mentioned in the previous episode, if you want to accept that or not. That's up to you. But once you do accept that, once you do say, I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior through what he did on the cross, then you get this thing called the Holy Spirit, which is what we're talking about in 1 John 4.13. In this Holy Spirit, it tells us, is proof that we live in him and he in us. So the Holy Spirit dwells in us and lives in us when we accept the gift that Jesus Christ has to offer us, which is eternal life and forgiveness of our sins. In this Holy Spirit, in Philippians 2.13, it tells us, then allows God to work in us. It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So when you make the decision to be saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit do? It changes your desires and it gives you power to do what pleases him. So when you're saved, you no longer desire all of the sinful things that you used to crave because of your sinful nature. And I'm not saying it's immediate. This is a process and it's a process called sanctification, which is becoming more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. But over time, and through following God, this Holy Spirit that you were given when you were saved is going to change your desires. It's going to give you the desire to do what pleases the Lord. And it's going to give you the power to do that. Because the fruits of the Spirit, one of them is self-control. And that is given to you by the Spirit, by being saved. It's not of your own doing. It's the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. And so it's the power that comes from God that allows you to do and want to do what pleases him. And what pleases God? Well, that would obviously be his will. His will is what he wants for you and what he wants for me. And in 1 Thessalonians 4.3, it tells us, this is the will of God, your sanctification. 
and that sanctification is becoming more like Jesus, is pleasing God because Jesus pleased the Lord because he never sinned. In the Old Testament, there was a covenant with people and with God, and that covenant was the list of laws that God made with his people. And he says, if you obey these, you will be able to go to heaven and you will be able to be right with me. And so they had to make all of these sacrifices of perfect lambs and perfect animals so that they could fulfill the law and so that they could be right with God. And so they would do this every year. There was so many rituals. If you want to get into the Old Testament, you can read all about it. There's plenty of chapters that tell you what the Old Covenant, what the Old Law, the Old Relationship with God was like. But then we got this beautiful gift of Jesus who said, I am the perfect sacrifice. I perfectly fulfilled the law that God laid out in my blood covers all of your sins like the animal's blood covered the sins of people in the Old Testament. And so because Jesus pleased the Lord in this way and fulfilled his law so perfectly and carried out his will and his desires, we are able to do that if we believe in Jesus and if we accept that that he's offering us and the Holy Spirit will enable us to do that. Because all of the people in the Old Testament weren't able to fulfill that law. And that's why they needed the sacrifices. And that's why we need Jesus. Because we're incapable of doing the will of God that is mentioned in Matthew 21. It says, only those who do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Well, we're not able to do that by ourselves. So does that mean none of us are going to heaven? Absolutely not. That means that we need the Holy Spirit to empower us to do what pleases God. That's from Philippians 2. And we get the Holy Spirit from accepting Jesus and from accepting that he took the blame for our sins so we don't have to be condemned for that anymore. We can be forgiven. And that is how we carry out the will of God. And so then you will be fulfilling what Matthew 7, 21 says, if you are saved, if you are saved by the grace of Jesus, by putting your faith in the grace of Jesus, then you will have works in your life that represent that. You will be doing the will of the Lord because the Holy Spirit in your gratitude compels you to. You want to serve the Lord. You want to be more like Jesus when you realize the reality of the magnitude of love that came out of God sending his only son for you and out of you not deserving that, but still receiving that. That and the Holy Spirit is what empowers you to do that will of God. And that is the works that outwardly we can see, but inwardly it's the faith in your heart that produces that and the Holy Spirit that enables you to do that. And that is what Matthew seven twenty one is talking about. If we look at the next verse, 22, it says, On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. And then verse 23, But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who breaks God's laws. So judgment day is this day when Christ is going to return. If you didn't know that, Jesus is coming back. It might not be today. It might be today. It might be in many years. We don't know when, but we do know that Jesus is going to return. And when he returns, he's going to rule over this world. But he's also 
going to judge us. And this is going to be on judgment day. And this is when Jesus is going to separate the goats from the sheep. And he's going to say, okay, you either have the gift of salvation that came through my death and you are saved by that, or you chose to say no to that. You chose to say, no, I don't want that from you. And then, unfortunately, because of the sins you've committed in your life, you are going to experience the consequences of those, of those sins, and you're going to be separated from those that have chosen to follow Jesus, and you're going to experience hell, and you're going to experience death, and that's the reality of Judgment Day, and we don't want people to experience that. That's why I'm here telling you guys the truth so that you can know it, and that you can be saved, and you can make the choice to follow Jesus who in the great love and mercy of God was given to us so that we don't have to go to hell. And so this judgment day will come and you have to be on the right side of it if you want to go to heaven. You don't want Jesus to say, I never knew you. This is a warning, guys. Matthew 7, 21 through 23 is a warning to us. Make sure that you're truly following the Lord. Make sure that your heart is really in God's hands. And the evidence of that, how you see if that's happening in your life, is if you are in the process of sanctification. If you are having your desires changed by the Holy Spirit and you're beginning to feel conviction. Oh, I did that thing. I swore that time. I yelled at my family that time. I said that mean thing to someone else. I had a judgmental thought. And when you sin like that, you feel bad about it and you say, hey, I shouldn't have done that. I don't like that I did that. Jesus in his love died for me and that's greater than sinning and swearing because as much as I want to swear, I want to follow Jesus more. And when you feel that conviction, you repent of those sins and you turn and you follow God like we mentioned in my previous episode. And that is the process of how conviction can sanctify you. And this sanctification that we've been talking about is a process. You're not going to wake up one day and be perfect like Jesus. None of us will ever be perfect. We're going to continue to sin. But as the Holy Spirit changes you, you will sin less. And this will help you to do the will of the Father. But it's going to take time and it's going to be different for everyone. But the way that you can check if your heart is truly the Lord's is if you feel that. And if you have surrendered to God humbly, then you know that you are saved and you can have confidence that on the day of judgment, the Lord will not say that he never knew you because you know the Lord and the Lord knows you and he is in you through the Holy Spirit and you are in him and he's changing your life. This is how you know that you will be saved and salvation is a confidence that you can have. We are not fearful of the day of judgment because the Lord has not given us a spirit of timidity. We are confident on the day of judgment because we have the Holy Spirit as evidence of our salvation. And we have the outward works that are a display of the inward heart posture we have in the faith that is saving us. And that is how this Matthew 7, 21 through 23 passage does not become scary, but instead becomes encouraging because we will be saved and we will rule over this world with him because of the salvation that he's given to us.
So instead of being afraid of faith and work in this conversation that can be hard to handle, I want to encourage you guys today that the Lord has given us the truth and that the truth is clear and we can have confidence in it and we can have confidence in our faith and our salvation. And that is really what I wanted to share with you guys today. I know I talked about how I wanted to share how we can live more like Jesus, but it's so important to understand that that living is coming from a heart posture of surrendering yourself to God and accepting the gift that Christ has to offer you, which is salvation. So that was what I had to share with you guys today. Thank you so much for listening and just joining me once again on this journey as we learn together how to faithfully